Uh, we're going to open up our Bibles to the book of Galatians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. And uh, I want to pray for the reading of the word here tonight. And I also want to pray for our regular church offering here tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring before you, Lord God, uh, our church's needs, our financial responsibilities that are always before you. We thank you that for close to 70 years, I believe it's 69 years, next year will be 70 years, Lord, that you have provided for all of our needs as a church. You have never failed us, Lord. Every bill has been paid. All the salaries have been paid. You've never let us down, Lord. We've had some scary times, but you always come through. We pray, Father, for this offering that you would bless the gift and the giver. And we also pray for the reading of your word here tonight, the Bible study tonight, that you would bless it and anoint it and give it life. I pray for myself that you will help me as your servant, Lord God, with all my faults and problems and issues and struggles. Yet, Lord God, you choose me, you choose men and women, Lord God, to preach your word. Even with all of our, uh, all of our imperfections, Lord God, you, you choose to use us to speak on your behalf. And we need your help. And we pray for your help. And we pray that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 here tonight. It says here, O foolish Galatians! Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you, and works miracles among you. Does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you, all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Okay, we're going to try to explain what all that means in these next few minutes. But last week, we focused on verse 5. And verse 5 says this, Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. We learn and we're continuing to learn that salvation came to the Galatians because of the work of the Holy Spirit and not because of their efforts to please God through following the works of the law. Once again, I don't mean to put anybody down or to discourage anybody, but how many of you know that none of us deserve the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus? The only reason we're sitting here in church tonight, the only way, the only reason we're on our way to heaven is because of the grace of God, the gift of God, the mercy of God, the compassion of God, the love of God, who looked down upon our miserable situation and he says, you know what? I'm going to help this poor guy named Jerry out. I'm going to help uh, Darlene out. I'm going to help Chatsworth Foursquare Church out. I'm going to bring them to the knowledge of salvation in and through Jesus Christ. How many of you are thankful for that day that you got saved? Can you say amen? And it wasn't because you deserved it or because I deserved it or we earned it. It was because simply the grace of God came upon our lives, church. And that's what the Apostle Paul 
is trying to express to the Galatians that it was a work of the Holy Spirit. If any of us are in here, sitting in here, thinking that we deserve God's favor because of our own efforts, we're just, we're going to just mess up or mess up our thinking we can't we fail god every single day we're never going to be good enough we're here only because of the grace of the lord so they did not get it by the works of the law they were not even trying or striving to please god they were in darkness the galatians were living their lives in rebellion to god especially in terms of idol worship so the Apostle Paul is telling the Galatians, did you get saved by trying to be obedient and follow the law, or were you saved by faith? Paul was reminding them that they heard the gospel, and when they heard the gospel, they believed in Jesus Christ. And when they believed in Jesus Christ, they received his gift of salvation, his gift of forgiveness of sins that Christ fulfilled in and through the cross. Ephesians 1.13, and you also were included in Christ, when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Listen, you and I are going to blow it each and every day. We're going to mess up every day. If we look at ourselves and our failures, we're going to get discouraged. We're going to feel down. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus and the fact that he did the complete work on the cross for us, then we're going to have peace, church. Rest in the Lord, not in yourself, not in yourself by thinking that you do good things or not in yourself by the fact that you fail God. No, don't focus on what you do good or on what you do bad. Just stay faithful to the Lord. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you'll have the peace of Christ in your mind that surpasses all understanding. Salvation came to the Galatians just like salvation came to us. When we heard the message of truth, the gospel of our salvation, then we responded by believing the gospel message. Then God filled us with the promised Holy Spirit. Again, I don't know where you were when you got saved or what you were doing when you got saved, but I guarantee you this, you were up to no good just like I was up to no good. And by the grace of God, He, sailed, he still saved us, church. He still saved us. This is how we all come to the Lord. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. None of us were saved because of our works of righteousness. None of us were saved because we were somehow striving for righteousness. The majority of us were like the Galatians, lost and deceived and in darkness and ignorant and on our way to hellfire. The Galatians even got to see signs and wonders. Acts chapter 14 gives us an account of what happened when Paul and Barnabas went on their first missionary journey and for the first time they entered the region of Galatia. They were on their first missionary journey and the only reason that they entered Galatia was because the Holy Spirit told them to go to Galatia. Everything was because of the Holy Spirit. Galatia was virgin territory. They had never heard the gospel, but now Paul and Barnabas were sent by the Holy Spirit to the region of Galatia, and as a result, many people started getting saved. Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 3 says this. Now it happened in Iconium. Iconium is a city in the region of Galatia. It happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace. 
And then it says this, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Listen, question, were the signs and wonders that were granted to the Galatians because they deserved it? No. Because they earned it? No. Because they were worthy of it? No. Because they were righteous? No. It was by the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit that they experienced and saw those miracles. Acts chapter 14, verses 8 through 10. And in Lystra, they're still in Galatia. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb. He had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, Stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Did that cripple deserve it? Was he righteous? Did he earn it? No. It was simply a work of the Holy Spirit. It was simply a gift of God. And the Galatians got to see that. The Galatians got to experience that. It was nothing that they did to earn those miracles, those signs, or those wonders, or even their salvation. The Apostle Paul was reminded of the Galatians that they didn't get saved because of the works of the law. They got saved because of the power and anointing and the work of the Holy Spirit. They didn't see and experience signs and wonders because of the works of the law or because they deserved it. It was simply a work of the Spirit. Everything that happens in the church today is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does use people to carry out His purposes, but all the results are from the Holy Spirit and not because of man. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4-11 through 11, shares with us or tells us the gifts that He offers through man. It says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Listen, if God uses you to manifest one of these gifts, to lay hands on people and see them healed, to, to pray for people and see them begin to speak in tongues or to interpret tongues, or if He uses you to prophesy something and it comes to pass, listen, the glory goes to Jesus. Don't fall into the trap of having people start worshiping you. Make sure that they start worshiping Jesus Christ who gave us the ability to do these things. Can you say amen? Very important, church, that we keep our focus on the Lord and that we remember that we are who we are today because of Christ. Not because of who we are, but because of Christ in us. Second Thessalonians 2.13 But we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, loved by the Lord. That's a powerful sentence right there. Loved by the Lord. How many of you are glad that you're loved by the Lord? Because God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. The sanctifying work of the Spirit means this. 
right now, in spite of your mistakes, right now, in spite of my mistakes, I am sanctified. That means I am declared holy by the blood of Jesus. You are declared holy and righteous by the blood of Jesus. Don't let the devil condemn you. Don't let the devil destroy you. Don't let the devil discourage you or frustrate you. No. If you're doing something that's not right, go before the Lord, confess your sin, and walk in righteousness, the righteousness that is yours and ours as Christian people because of the blood of Christ. Galatians. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says this, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law? Or in other words, does he do it because of something that we did or something that we said or through our own efforts? No, or by the hearing of faith. So when it comes to the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are dealing with the third person of the Godhead, and God encourages us to be people of the Spirit. And we read these scriptures last week that are really important about being led of the Holy Spirit. Romans 7, 6. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. John 4, 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and His worshipers must worship in Spirit and in truth. 2 Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. And now, we need to continue in our study in the book of Galatians, and we see that the Apostle Paul is focusing on the importance of believing and salvation by faith. And the author, or the, the one that is a symbol of faith for the Jewish people, is a person by the name of Abraham. He uses the life and the faith of Abraham as an example for all of us. I'm going to read it again in Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9, so that it could sink into our spirit. Let me read it again. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit? Are you not being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you, all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So what is it about Abraham? Or why is it that Abraham is so famous among the Jewish 
people. How is it that now all nations of the world could possibly be blessed through Abraham? Well, in order for us to understand this, we need to go back in time. And I want us to go to Genesis chapter 11. Listen to what it says here in Genesis chapter 11. Let's read about this man named Abraham. Let's study about him a little bit here. Genesis chapter 11. This is the history of Abraham or the genealogy of Abraham. And it starts off in Genesis chapter 11, starting at verse 27. Listen to what it says here. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, who is Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram, whom we know as Abraham today, and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his granddaughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So what does this tell us? Abraham, before he became the father of nations, was an idol worshiper. He was from the region of the world called Mesopotamia. That's where all the Amorites and the Hittites, and for those of you that have been following me, I call all these ites the termites. So Abraham came from the termites, from all those that were idol worshipers and heathens and didn't even belong to the Lord. Up to this point in history, there was no community, there was no group of people, there was no race of people that were following God. They were all termites. And that's where Abraham, or where he came from. As a matter of fact, Ezekiel gives us even a more clearer picture of the state or the condition of Abraham's soul. Listen to what it says here in Ezekiel chapter 16. Listen to this. This is the very foundation of the Jewish people. It says here in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 1 through 8, it says this. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know her abominations and say, Thus says the Lord, God to Jerusalem, Your birth and your nativity are from the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. As for your nativity, on the day you were born, your navel cord was not cut, nor were you washed in water to cleanse you. You were not rubbed with salt nor swathed in swaddling clothes. No eye pitied you to do you to do any of these things for you, to have compassion on you. But you were thrown out into the open field when you yourself were loathed on the day you were born. And when I passed by you and saw you struggling in your own blood, I said to you in your blood, live, yes, I said to you in your blood, live. I made you thrive like a plant in the field, and you grew, matured, and became very beautiful. Your breasts were formed, your hair grew, but you were naked and bare. 
When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was a time of love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swore an oath to you and entered into a covenant with you. And you became mine, says the Lord God. This was the beginning of the Jewish community, the beginning of the Jewish people. And Abraham was the father of the Jewish people. But his history was from the Hittites and the Amorites. And he, was a, he came from a godless family, an idol-worshiping family. And yet, in Genesis chapter 12, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, here's what happened. Here's what happened. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Genesis chapter 12 tells us that God spoke to Abraham and God gave Abraham some specific instructions. Number one, God told Abraham to leave his country. Number two, God told Abraham to leave his family and father's home and his foreign gods and his idolatry. Number three, God told Abraham to leave everything that was familiar to him and to follow God to a new land. And what made Abraham so famous and important to the people of faith was that Abraham believed God and Abraham obeyed God. He believed God and he obeyed God. He left his family, he left his history, he left his culture, he left everything that was familiar to him, and he decided by faith to follow God who he could not even see. Doesn't that sound familiar, church? Do you remember when you came to faith? Do you remember the lifestyle or the way you were thinking or the way you were living? And then you heard the gospel and you said, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to leave my old life behind and I'm going to follow Jesus. That's exactly what Abraham did. In Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, it says this. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And then it says this in verse 6. And Abraham believed the Lord. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Why is this such an important thing? Even though Abraham was now old, Abraham believed God. Even though Abraham had no son, Abraham believed God. Even though Abraham had no home, he was a nomad. He was wandering around. 
Abraham still believed God. He had, not, he had not seen any evidence of anything that God had promised to give him. And yet he still believed God. That's how you and I, as Christian people, have to live. We may not see the evidence yet, but guess what? We still have to be faithful and follow God no matter what. Can you say amen, church? And we are very fortunate because the book of Hebrews 11 gives us a detailed explanation as to why Abram's decision to believe and obey God was an example for all of us who believe and follow and obey God today. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, it says this, It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as an inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Do you know how hard that is? To take yourself and to take your whole family and everything that's special and dear to you and to say, God, I'm going to follow you. And God says, you don't know where I'm going. And you say, I don't care. I'm going to follow you anyway, God, because you're God. That's how we need to live every single day of our lives, church, as Christians. Following God, even though we have no clue what he's going to do with us or where he's going to take us or what's going to happen to us, but believing by faith that he's going to care for us and he's going to protect us and he's going to fill his promises to us. Can you say amen? That's how God wants us to live. It says here, he went without knowing where he was going. Verse 9, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Verse 10, Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. He was looking forward to that promised land, that promised land called heaven. How many of you are looking forward to that promised land called heaven? Can you say amen? We're wandering around this earth. We're doing our thing for God. We don't know how things are going to turn out. We don't know how things are going to end up. We don't know where we're going to end up, but we're going to follow God to the very end. And the end, God says, I'm going to lead you right to heaven. Now, I hope I don't embarrass these guys, but I want for Richard and Teddy to come up here really quick, please. Both of you guys come on up here. I just happened to see the back of their sweatshirts here tonight, okay? Richard took his off. He's going to put it on really quick. You guys have to hurry up because I'm running out of time. Hustle up here to the altar, okay? I want you to stand down here, okay? You guys are going to be fashion models for me really quick. Come on down here, all right? All right, very good. I just happened to walk in, and I saw the back of their shirts or their sweatshirts. Okay, come on over here, and I want you to have your backs to the camera, okay? And backs to the church, Everyone see that back of their church? It says, Christ, perfection. Now, I know I'm going to probably embarrass these guys, but I look at Teddy, and I look at Richard, and I'm going to tell you right off the top, these are not perfect guys, okay? I do not see perfection in front of me. I see men who have faults and flaws and all kinds of issues and all kinds of struggles, but the one thing they have that they have going for them is they have Christ in them. And because they have Christ in them, guess what? They are perfected. You and I who are in Christ are perfect. We are holy. We are righteous. We have made the mark. We have nothing to prove. We have nothing to, uh, to strive for. No, we are perfect in and through Christ. And that's all we need. And that's who we need. And it's, we're complete in Him. And we need to rest in that. 
That's why when I saw you guys' shirts, I fit right in with my sermon. That you and I cannot reach perfection because of our own efforts or our own works or what we do or what we don't do. We are perfect in Christ because of Christ and the blood and the cross that he shed his blood on. Can you say amen? Thanks, you guys, for modeling that for me. I appreciate that, okay? Praise God for that. We're going to go ahead and close right, right here, okay? And let me just say this. As a result of Abraham's obedience and faith, God makes a series of promises to Abraham. He says to him, because you obeyed me, because you were obedient, because you're walking by faith, I'm going to do three things. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to provide you a land to be your own land. And all the nations of the world will be blessed in and through you. Listen, church. The reason you and I today are saved is because we can trace our heritage back to Abraham through Jesus Christ. Abraham obviously came before Jesus. Then, as a result of Abraham's obedience, they became a nation, the nation of Israel. Through the nation of Israel, Jesus Christ was born. Jesus Christ became the Savior. And now, in and through Christ, we have been made one with Christ and one with Abraham's seed, and we are part of that blessing that God promised to Abraham. How many of you are glad about that? Can you say amen, church? Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we bring this to a close, Lord, help us, Lord, not to focus our attention on ourselves, but to always focus our attention on the completed work of the cross that you did for us on Calvary. Everything was paid for. Everything was complete. You said, Lord, it is finished. And tonight we rest in that truth that the complete work for our salvation and for our perfection and for our righteousness is in and through Jesus Christ. And we can trace our lineage all the way back to Abraham in and through Christ. And we receive that blessing that you gave to Abraham. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a special request of all the brothers in the church. Our brother Gilbert uh, came up to me before the service here, before I started uh, ministering here tonight, and he asked if all the brothers could just get behind him to pray for him. So, Gilbert, I want you to come on over here, please. And uh, since he's asking you guys to pray for him, I want all the men of the church to come and stand up right in front right here, Gilbert, okay? Right in front. Come all the way up here to the front. And you want a prayer? I don't know why or what's going on. You haven't shared anything with me, but we're going to honor your request to pray for you. So all the brothers just come behind him right now, and we're going to pray for him. We're going to ask for God's blessing and for God's strength and for God's encouragement. Before I say anything or before we pray, did you want to share anything, Gilbert? Are you okay? I just uh, um, want the men to pray for me for a you know, just to uh, continue uh, going forward, um, it's been it's been uh, hectic for me. But um, like the word says, you know, uh, um, we're covered by His blood, and uh, we gotta keep our eyes on Jesus. And so I just I just want the brothers just to uh, pray for me, and to, you know that, um, that 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 fire will come back alive in me. Very good. All right. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just sense that Gilbert is down on himself here tonight, Lord. 
He's down on himself like sometimes we all do. We get disappointed in ourselves. We get down on ourselves. We get discouraged with ourselves because we feel, Lord God, so many times that we don't meet the mark or we don't, uh, we don't Lord God, achieve what we're supposed to achieve or, or we fail you or we let you down in some way, shape, or form. And, Lord, the enemy uses that to condemn us and to really tear us up. But, Father, the reason why we are victorious is because we look to you. You are the author, and you are the finisher of our faith. And so we look to you, Lord God, as our righteous one. We look to you, Lord God, as a perfect one. We look to you, Lord God, for the perfected work that is being done in our lives here right now. As Gilbert already said out of his own mouth, help him to focus on you, Jesus, and the work of the cross. Help him not to focus on himself or any of his failures or disappointments or discouragements. Help him, Lord God, to keep his eyes on you. If he does that, he will have peace in his mind and in his heart and in his soul, Lord God. It's not because of Gilbert. It's because of you, Jesus. It's not because of Gilbert, what he does good. It's because of you, Jesus, and the good that you do. It's not because of Gilbert and the bad that he does. No, it's because of you, Jesus, and the good that you did on the cross for the sin of mankind. So, Father, help us to know that it's not by works of righteousness, but it's by your grace and by your mercy that we are here and that we move forward and that we move and that we live and that we have our being, Lord. Help him to rest in your promises and in your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for supporting our brother here tonight. And Gilbert, I hope you walk out of here encouraged, okay? Encouraged in Jesus, not in you, but in Jesus. Okay? Praise God.